I'll say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, at the Momentum Studios. I got Chris Partee back in the studio with Yee. me today. Good to see you, Chris. I also got D-Boy back in the studio with What's me today. And we got Zeb on the controls. We got Zeb on the controls. Um, some quick announcements. I always start with the announcements before we get into the contents of this episode, Brian Hooks Comedy Show, The PD Experience. It's called The Brian Hooks PD Experience Comedy Show. It'll be next Saturday, September 25th at the Jack London Review in downtown Portland. Um, it, obviously, many of you actually heard Brian Hooks on this podcast earlier this year. It was certainly an interview that a lot of people loved and appreciated. We talked a lot about, you know, him and his acting career. We talked a lot about where comedy stands today as society is in what I deem to be sort of a transition. Um, we talked about a whole lot of stuff. Real interesting interview. He obviously has played some big roles in the movie Three Strikes, which is an absolute hood classic. He was in Soul Plane. He was in The Eve Show. He was on The Parkers with Monique. He's been around. He's done his thing. So September 25th, Jack London Review. You can go to jacklondonreview.com and review is spelled R-E-V-U-E or I got hard tickets on deck. D-Boy's got hard tickets on deck. Reach out and find us. We're not too hard to find. It's so. going to be a funny good night. It man. will be a funny good night. We got, like some, yeah, yeah, we got some sure. good local comedians coming in and like... I've seen all these comedians get down, so I know for a fact that they're solid. They're held in high regard here in the city of Portland and some of the local comedians, so they'll be opening up. And in the very beginning, we're actually going to make it fun for folks. We're giving out a cash prize, a $100 cash prize for anybody that has the audacity to get up on stage and rock a one- to two-minute segment. And then we'll let the crowd decide of, you know, maybe those three or four people that we're going to let get up for one to two minutes at the beginning of the show. We'll let the crowd decide who's the winner of those four comedians, three comedians, whoever has the audacity to come up there. That's just in the very beginning. You know what Shit, I mean? I right might up, have the audacity. Yeah. <laughs> I might be wearing many hats. That's nice. So, so, so that's what we're going to do. We're giving out a cash prize that day. So if you got the audacity to get on stage and be a comic in front of a crowd, which is very hard to do, by the way. One of the hardest things in the world to do is stand is up not easy. by yourself and make people laugh. It's not easy well, at all. All eyes are literally on you. Absolutely. Everything. Yeah, you yeah, it's tough. Funny. That's why I said, that's why like, I, I was very intentional in using the word audacity because that's how hard of a task it is. I've seen it before. I've seen people try to just get up and think that they could do it, no. and they fell absolutely flat. So, again, <laughs> reach out for those tickets. We got them available for you. Also, September 30th, I will be co-hosting the Street Roots Family Breakfast. Um, I'll be co-hosting alongside the Emmy Award-winning news anchor Maggie Vesta, Maggie Vespa from KGW, which is NBC's affiliate. So last year, I talked about this a little bit last week in the introductions. Last year, Maggie and I had a whole lot of fun co-hosting this event together. A lot of people came, participated, donated. It was just a great all-around event for the community, for our organization. And this year, we have a goal of $90,000 that we are trying to raise in this breakfast. So last year, we were able to hit 81000 
Last year we hit 81,000 and the goal then was 70,000. We got it to 81. So we were able to make it happen. This year we're up in the goal to 90,000. Again, the second ring is always harder to win than the first ring. So 90,000 is what it's going to take for us to be champs again this year Hmm. (laughs) on the broadcast. So again, September 30th, um, you can just go look on all the Street Roots platforms, the Street Roots website, all the Street Roots social media social media platforms to be able to get information on that. Um, purchase a breakfast and again enjoy what will be a really good broadcast. Um, also, October 9th, I'll be making my play by play debut for football. I've obviously been doing play by play for basketball for a while, but college football play by play debut at my alma mater, the Pacific University. And they'll be playing against University of Puget Sound that week. So, yeah, make sure you stay tuned for that because uh, it'll be good times. It'll definitely be good times. You'll be able to listen and watch on GoBoxers.com. And I'm certainly stoked for it because, you know, I like to try new things in this industry, man. And I try to diversify my portfolio as much as I absolutely can. So this will be an added ingredient to what it is that I'm trying to cook up. Fellas, y'all got any announcements? Man, you just covered that so clean. We can't right. come behind that. <laughs> I do have a question, though. Talk when, to me. When do you sleep, bro? I don't. Because you, you all over the place. I don't. And, and it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a good thing. You blessed to have all that work. But I'm like, damn, when do he sleep? Yeah. I'm a hustler, man. <laughs> I, I like the I ingredient and cook-up reference. Yeah, man. Clean. You know, you know. I, I see I, a wordplay. Really, really here today. Huh? I see it. It's there. It's been a while. We ain't been in studio in a little while. We've had some great last couple of episodes. And, you know, those interviews were super dope. We had Casey Trujeque and Molly Klein on the Sports Source um, talk about the Sports Source app, which was super dope. We had Nathan Kalman Lamb of Duke University mm. talk about NIL, but it's been a while since. Then I went on vacation for a couple weeks, so yeah. it's been a while since we've gotten to be in studio. So yeah, I'm hyped, man. I'm happy yeah. to be here. My biggest announcement yeah. would have been, um, you know, the the comedy show, but right. you covered and tapped that, so that's what we're doing. Together. And you still we rocking the stage at the comedy show? Yeah, man. Yes, we got, sir. We, we didn't say that part. We didn't say that part. Come on out, bro. Come on out. Come on out. And, and this, dude, this dude is really a good performer. Like, he really is a captivating performer. Like, he makes good music. I don't think you can be a good performer without, like, good product to perform. Of course. But but what I but like about it. the performing is the highlight. The performing is the highlight. Like, he, it's almost like he makes music to perform it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some people that make music just because they think it sounds super dope. And sometimes it, come out, it comes out to be super dope. And then, you know, you learn how to perform it. But for him... He's such a good performer that, to me, it's, it feels like you sort of make music that you know will perform well. Oh, let's do it. That's what we're going to be doing next uh, next week on Saturday, right? And that's a true gift. Because yeah. everybody yeah. that can make music can't perform. Absolutely. Facts. Like, Facts. even Facts. at the yeah. highest levels, yeah. everybody is yeah. not a performer. We've seen that. I'm so glad it translates. Thank that's you. a gift. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's an honor and a pleasure. That is a gift. <laughs> now, Partee, the last time we had you here in studio yes, was sir. like late July, I want to say. Yeah. And... You are not a writer for Deadspin. What's really going on, Chris Partee? I woke up a couple weeks ago and I see you, you know, post one of your stories on Twitter and the byline is Chris Partee and Deadspin. I'm like, what's really going on? That's a that's a major platform. Congratulations. You know, I appreciate it, my brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's been it's been almost a month now that I've been with them. And yeah, you know, just by the graces of God and, and you know, everything. Able to get in there, and I've been doing. 
Yeah, you got in there too. I had to give you the crowd cheer. I had to give you the crowd cheer. I appreciate it. You know, I got in there, been in there, like I said, about a month now, and I just been doing my thing, dog. Just blessed to to be able to do that and do it on such a platform. And now I have, you know, that big platform to express myself and get my voice out there and get my opinions out there. And you know, I'm just I'm excited and I've been having fun so far. And now you're moving to Chicago. And yeah, I'm moving to Chicago. Oh, I'm moving man. to Chicago. Oh, I got about it for you, but that's yeah. sad. Man, man. Hey, you know, I'm going to miss it out here, but um, you know, and I'm a West Coast guy. I grew up in the Bay just like y'all, so I love the West Coast, but right. it's a great opportunity for me, career opportunity, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm an opportunist. Yeah, so, I feel you. Go when, where you, you know got to go. Exactly. You know what they yeah. say, when opportunity, opportunity knocks, Not you better be prepared to answer the day. Absolutely. You ain't lying. How Absolutely. soon come is this? Um, I'm leaving. So two weeks from today, I'll be leaving. So oh, this, it's fast. this time, two fast. Weeks, this time in two weeks, I'll be on the plane getting out there. Oh my yeah. word! Yeah, that I got a couple quick. more weeks left in Portland. Chicago. Oh, yeah, it's a lot to get into out there. I don't want to say Chirac because hopefully, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna be Stay away from Chirac. I'm not going to be out there. Stay away from Chirac if you can, please. Understood, understood. We want you to come back to the West Coast at some point. I don't know those hoods. I know Bay Hoods. Yeah, You know what? Been there, done that. Nah, nah. I'm out there handling business. Yeah, yeah. I'm out there handling business. For sure. I feel you. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, we got part T here before he heads out to Chicago. Again, congratulations on Appreciate the Jet Spin gig. How did that play out? Like, talk about that process because, like I said, the last time you were here recording, yeah, I yeah. don't, I, I wasn't a Dead Spin writer at that time. Yeah, so, now, so, so what happened so fast? What happened that fast? So basically, so I had already kind of linked with them, and, okay. you know, with, with the person in charge that could actually make this happen. Right. I interviewed months ago, probably going back to like March, April. Got you. Talked to them. Didn't work out at that time. Kept doing my thing. They got back to me like, so the last time I was on your show, I think the next day, mm. after it was right around my birthday, I think the very yeah. next day, hit me up, was like, Chris, you still interested? It was just just that quick, like, quick email. Yeah. Like, this dude, hey, he's straight to the point. Yeah. Tell you what he wants you to know. You still interested? I was like, yeah, what we got to do? And then from there, it just happened. About a week and a half later, I started. Is that a part of the same move? Yeah, that's exactly. You yeah. having to move yep, to Chicago? Exactly, exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a big platform, man. It really happened just like that. Yeah. You know, I had already done all the interviewing and all that. You know, they didn't bring me on at, at that time. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to keep it real. They didn't bring me on at that time. He told me, Chris, when I have something else, I'm going to holler at you. So I'm thinking, like, oh, you know, it's going to be six, six months down the line. I was thinking maybe around this time, close to October or something like Because this is like back in March, April. Right. So I'm thinking it's going to be a minute. Like, barely three months later, hit me. Out of nowhere. Like, literally just out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was, like, kind of shocked. I was like, I was like, am I seeing it right? Like, is this yeah. was this an old email or something? Like, yeah. is this right? And like, nah. Hit me. He's like, let's do it. Let's do it. I was let's like, let's get it, it cracking. So so what do you plan to primarily cover? Or are you just kind of touching on a little bit of everything? What What's kind of your style going to be with the dead spin in terms of your coverage, what you yeah. want to write about, and, you know, how you want your verse, voice to be heard by way of... Your journalism. Yeah. Well, I mean, anybody that knows me knows that I'm I'm big on hoops. I love the NBA, even in college hoops as well. So I'm going to do a lot of NBA. Yeah. But also a lot of NFL, even a little bit. I've even done like a little bit of boxing and MMA so far. I've even wrote, I, like so far, I've even written about some of the celebrity fights that have been going yeah, on. Yeah, we'll talk about some that. Of, some of that stuff. So yeah. it's kind of like we can do, we, can, we all have specialties, but we can cover kind of, you know, different areas. Yeah. So you don't uh, have yeah. to be stuck to one, like, oh, you just cover football all the time. 
you cover basketball, you do NCAA, no. It's yeah. kinda, Your specialty is NBA. Yeah, I would say NBA and NFL. Yeah. Okay. But definitely NBA over NFL. Okay. Yeah. okay. But, you know, since it's not NBA season yet, I'm not doing this much right now. If something happens, then I'll talk about it. But mostly it's NFL right now. Yes, until, we're here. what, October they start again? Or right, November, right, I should right. Say. So, October. October 17th, I think, is like first game of the yeah, year. mid-October. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Super dope. Well, let's talk about some college football, and we will talk about the Oregon Ducks beating that of the Ohio State Buckeyes because nobody's seen it coming. We can sit here and act like we knew, especially us being local. And, you know, I know a lot of the local pundits had (laughs) Ohio State winning that game. I I saw most of the local pundits say Ohio State would win that game. Um, The Ducks didn't have their best player in Kevon Thibodeau. So he's not playing. So they really shouldn't be able to win, especially knowing that Ohio State's known for usually having a high-power offense. And when the best pass rusher in the country is not available for you, who would expect you to win in an underdog situation playing against a team like that? But my goodness, what a performance. What a game. They put on an absolute clinic out there, and they look like the better team on both sides of the ball. Which is saying a lot. Saying a whole lot. Ohio State is always stacked. I Always. Mean, the only school that might not be – that is more stacked than them, I'll say, is Alabama. Yep, like I all, agree. Like consistently, consistently every year, yeah. year after year, is, yeah. Al- is Alabama. I agree. That's it. I agree. So for Oregon to, to go up against them and, you know, beat them convincingly, I mean, it's like, wow. Yeah. Do, do, you, <laughs> do, you, do you think we'll be watching this Oregon team playing the college football playoffs this year? Based on, obviously, what you saw – I'm going or is on, it too early to say? I mean, it's early, but I'll go out on a limb and say yes because that's a. I mean, that's a huge victory. Now, of course, they got to follow it up. Right, I'm gonna they got to keep think, it going. I think it's too early to tell. Still, I think if that if that same win happened later in the season, I would give it more credit. But just like football right now in the NFL, I think it's so early that a lot of the things we project or we think is supposed to happen is just too early. I'm talking about conditioning wise, injury wise, yeah. as we mentioned. Uh, people, new people in do, different positions. Just everybody's still learning and filling each other out so early on that I think I don't want to diminish or take credit away from Oregon because we watched yeah. it. You see me fly right in from LA. <laughs> you picked me up from the airport. Yeah. We sped Jet to the house <laughs> to make sure we. We had it on the phone game. on the ride, on the speeding ride. to the house. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about we didn't miss it. You feel me? Yeah. So I was like to see it like. They definitely played well. They played mm. a deserving to win type of game, but it was also a lot of room for improvement, as yeah. I saw. And so it, you, Ohio made, uh, is that, yeah, they made some mistakes, like for sure. Yeah, so, yeah. It, I, you know, I think it'll be cleaned up. I, I do think it's early on in the year, but if I just had to put a prediction out there, I would say I do expect to see them in a college football playoff, not just because they won in such a convincing fashion, but. Because Thibodeau will be but, back. But Thibodeau, Thibodeau <laughs> right. that helps. They won without their best. Go help and, uh, them out. Oh, man, I'm, the, the other guy's name slipping me. But they had two of their best defenders, their, their best defensive players that were out. It wasn't just Thibodeau. Yeah. The other guy's name is slipping me, slipping me right now. But beyond that, they have done a really good job recruiting over the last few years. And I think it showed by them not having their two best defenders out there and – still being able to beat a powerhouse in Ohio State again in convincing fashion. And and I happen to know the director of recruiting there, Ooh. Coach Don Johnson, mm-hmm. Big D. Mm-hmm. He's the director of recruiting there. And one thing that I'm seeing in college football and who I think is is showing this as good as anybody right now 
is that of Deion Sanders and what he's been able to do mm, Jackson. with Jackson State Ooh. and how relatable he is yeah. to these young athletes. And you see it being received in a real way. And he's very early on into being the head coach there. And although, early. obviously, he gets a lot of the credit for all the right reasons, and then you you know, you know scale it back and you look at University of Oregon and Mario Cristobal is getting a lot of that credit because he's the head coach of the program mm. in terms of the, sex, the success that they've yeah. had recruiting-wise. When you got a director of recruiter that is super relatable, who was just a high school football coach, so you yeah. bring in a guy who was the high school football coach over here locally. at Jefferson, okay. locally mm-hmm. in Portland. You know what's going to hell on around you. You know what's going exactly. on around you. You know what's going on around you. You know what affects these young athletes. You know what appeals to these young athletes. How to re- relate to these. Know young how to talk athletes. to them. You know how to talk to them. You know how to speak their language. Yeah. Exactly. So I I think with him being a director of recruiter there, even at my alma mater Pacific, like for a. A lot of consecutive years straight while he was coaching high school football, he would put on like one of the biggest national football camps that was held right at Pacific University every every summer. And guys would get – I mean, it was one of those type of camps where a lot of guys left with scholarship offers from that camp. Like you go to that camp, you're probably leaving with a a scholarship offer. That was how elite the high school football camp was. So now having him as your director of of recruiting at Oregon – that cultural karma, which is something I'll talk about again later today, I'm a believer in cultural karma, and you have to be able to connect culturally with these young athletes, you know, and obviously, you know, college football is primarily young black athletes. Yep. Coach Johnson, being black himself, and again, being so relatable in all the ways that I've already mentioned, I see them being able to actually make it happen this year, man, because yeah. they have the talent to do so. They look like they belong out there with uh, Ohio State the other day. They do. And, I mean, when you have a, a, a victory over a team like that and no one thinks you're going to win, yeah. you prove everybody wrong, mm-hmm. that helps you throughout the season. Oh, for sure. Because it gives you a certain morale and level of, yeah. you know, you, you're setting a bar now. Yeah. Yeah. Because, Devon, Devon, you even said it. Even the local – yeah. Ballcasters. No one was picking Oregon to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody was picking Oregon yeah. to win this game. So yeah. when you go out and do that, and you know even your own broadcasters yeah. at home yeah. didn't think you could do it. Yeah. Now you, you just feel like you basically just proved the world wrong. Yeah, exactly. You did. You just not proved basically the world you wrong. did. But yeah. now, like I said, to that level of sustainability, they set a bar to where it's like now we know they're watching. Yeah. They already doubted us. We already proved them wrong. Now they're waiting for us now, to slip up. You feel me? And before, I'm sure they felt like we could be anybody, but now they know. Exactly. Like, we can be anybody. We can go out there and get at anybody. It don't matter who for it sure. is. Let's yeah. play ball. You yeah, and, and that's what I said, man. I think they got the confidence now. Now all they have to do is take care of what's in front of them. Yeah. Like, like literally, that is what the remainder of their season consists of for them to be able to make it. They're top five now. They, they're number four going into this weekend. So now all you really have to do, like, usually you do have to kind of hope for some wild card shit to happen being a Pac-12 school because yeah. you know that it's a little bit harder for Pac-12 it's always harder to, to get, you know, exactly. <laughs> it's it's hard. hard. Like, like teams beat up on each other. I think the parity in terms of like level of competition yeah. in the Pac-12 makes it hard because teams tend to lose to somebody that becomes a loss that hurts, yeah. you know, when that time of the that's year comes gotta around. Avoid. They, gotta they, avoid they that. have to avoid that. And that's something that is far too common in the Pac-12 
that the Ducks are gonna have to avoid exactly. this year. That's their next biggest challenge because that's where it happens. They gotta in clear the conference. it. They that's gotta where it clear. happens. Yeah, even if they lose another non-conference games, I, I, another non-conference game, they gotta clear the Pac-12. Yeah, they, yeah. they gotta. They, they have, gotta clear it. They need to run through the Pac-12. Yeah, they gotta Just clear run it. Run through. Don't take, <laughs> I don't care who you playing. Don't take any of those games off. Absolutely. Don't overlook anybody. Yeah, yeah, they they gotta absolutely clear it, man. So again, shout out to the Ducks. There was no way we wouldn't have started today's podcast without talking about that. Um, the NFL is back, man. I think it was a hell of a first week. Oh, great. It I mean, was a hell of a first week <laughs> sticking with football. of the year. Yeah, I love man. all the other shit, but God. <laughs> NFL. I have me a pumpkin spice latte today. <laughs> Come on, man. It is that season. He went real hard. It is that season. So, so why is that? Because obviously, Partee's a basketball guy. That We know that we, he's already let it be known when we talked about his coverage. You know I'm a basketball guy. Play college ball. I'm a play-by-play uh, uh, announcer for college ball. I'm a color analyst for college ball. But you said football season is your time of year. Tell me more, because I feel like football's taken a little bit of a bad rap in that regard <laughs> for sure, in the last sure. few years. Some of it because of social issues. Definitely. And, you know, obviously the NBA just continues on an upward trajectory. So talk about it a little bit. I think it's more of a vibe and a preference for me. You know, you don't never hear people say, oh, I'm looking forward to spring or I'm it's summer. Or winter, basically. That's what I feel like. You a lot of people don't like winter, but what I, my point is is that the part of the season that I like is toward the end of the year. I like knowing that once summer passes, you pretty much got all the major holidays back to back to back. Yeah, from right from ho- the vibe of Halloween. I don't necessarily celebrate no, Halloween, but. The vibe of Halloween and what that brings, as we mentioned, with the pumpkin spice lattes, the season change, <laughs> the the colors of the trees, and then you got um, November. We all know we love Thanksgiving. You know we love yeah, it. So yeah, yeah, Thanksgiving, yeah. You know, if your family so, could cook, you better love yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. So I just feel like the whole vibe of the year changes once you know early September to uh, late uh, late September to early October hit. It's All like fall. you got football three times a week, Monday, Ooh. Thursday, and Sunday all day. So you got I just college like, football on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you just, got the NBA you, coming up mid-October. I it's think a great it's, time of the year. You know what I mean? And I think it's the best from an analyst standpoint. I think you hear the most with all of these different teams and games and quarterbacks slash leaders of teams. I think you just – I like it from the analyst standpoint, the highlights. And and I'm a basketball guy. You know yeah, that. Yeah. Even though yeah. I play college baseball, basketball is where my heart is. That's my passion. Right. I think that's the most finesse sport, if that makes sense. But football is just it, it's just a part of the whole season. I don't think it's just the NFL that I'm crediting when I say okay. I love football yeah. season. You yeah. Football. Yeah. yeah. Just I, football I, just in the general. Se- the, yeah. season the season of season. Okay. The, it just happens to fall in that same realm. You okay. know what I mean? But I just like the whole times of closing out the year how we do. Yeah. Yeah, these last three, four months is dope. Do y'all think the NFL is going to be able to sustain the successes that it had in week one? Because, I mean, I saw – obviously, we saw great football. That's where it starts is on the field. We saw a lot of great football. For me in particular, like – all the black quarterbacks going out there and Man. tearing it up, essentially. Like, yeah. you know, the the only two that lost, I think, was Dak and Lamar Jackson, Lamar which Jack, I'm yeah. very, very grateful that Lamar Jackson lost. Yep. And y'all know we'll why, baby. Y'all know we'll why, baby. It's only one nation. It's only one nation. So nah, y'all man. know why, you know. Uh, hey, man, sorry, yeah, Lamar. I know you're sure. black, but. Uh, All right, I get <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Um, anywho, um, 
what were some of the things that y'all saw that may have stood out to you in week one? And again, do y'all think that that'll be sustained this year? I thought Drake's curation was great on Monday first. Night Football as well. It was a whole lot that took place. It was place. a lot going on. It was a lot that took place. But to, I'm going to give y'all y'all many here. So that Raider game with the Ravens, mm-hmm. that game was epic. That was epic. That was, that epic. was an epic yeah. game. The whole vibe in that stadium, <laughs> I mean, everything, it was epic. Because early on, it just seemed like the Raiders were not going to win that game. It, it yeah. just seemed like they were going to do everything possible to not win. Mm-hmm. Which is something Second, we've seen before. We've seen yeah, that before for, that for years. <laughs> Long runs that get a fu- uh, 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 penalties and yeah. all kind of stuff. Yeah. But the second half flipped, and especially the fourth quarter flipped, and it seemed like the Ravens were doing everything possible yeah. to let the Raiders win it. And the Raiders oh, went and took it. overtime. The Raiders took it. Yeah. I give it to them. The Raiders took it. The Ravens should have had that game, but the I, Raiders just went and took that I game. I won't even say the Raiders took it. The Ravens gave it away. They You got to think about it. You're but in the sudden Raiders death still made at the 30 though. and you fumble. We'll talk about it later, but yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong. We can talk about it now. Have, We're here yeah, now. Yeah, go right. for it. Go I, for it. You'll know why I'm saying we'll talk ah, about it later. Okay. You, okay. Feel me? you must got a trick up your sleeve for a particular but, segment yeah, on this show. Exactly. Oh, I get it. Together, <laughs> you know, I'm but I still have it. to say, you know, they, the Raiders put themselves in position at least to be yeah. there for something like that to happen, but... That's ultimately giving away. When you give the ball away, you what, what was Lamar at the 30 or something close to that? You damn near in yeah. field goal position already. Yeah. And, and then you 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 give the ball. What did he do? Fumble, right? Yeah, he fumbled. Yeah, he fumbled. Yeah, he got it. And it's funny because, so I wrote an article about John Gruden at, that day. Like yeah. before, like earlier that day before the game. And I said, we got to start seeing some winning. He's got to get this team to the playoffs soon because he's been back, what, four years now? Yeah, he's been back for a and little while now. they ain't been to the playoffs People yet. ain't been feeling him like they felt no. the first time around. Yeah, Chucky. They haven't he been, ain't been yeah. Chucky. He ain't been Chucky. Include, <laughs> include his uh, preseason tactics. Yeah. He did some stuff that's yeah. been controversial yeah. already. So I wrote about that on Deadspin, and I said, you know, flat out, they got to make the playoffs. He, we got to start seeing some winning out of John Gruden, and they went out and did it on, on night on, one. On night, so I was yeah. happy to see that for them. Yeah. So to, from in my opinion, you, you talked about the sustainability of week one. I hate to say it, but I think yes for the simple fact that that Kaepernick situation is getting further and further removed from the forefront oh, yeah. with yeah. every season that comes along, if that makes sense. So obviously – we heard the ratings went way down and people were boycotting football, yeah. ultimately. We're not watching football. Boom, boom, boom. Then you had last season that I think was uh, taken over by COVID. That was the forefront <laughs> yeah. of every conversation. Yeah. Who's going to be playing? How do we control this? Boom, boom, boom. And even still, as and we're still dealing with COVID. It's, oh, it's a lot of bit. We're so, still dealing still with happening. that. So, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I just think that. The, the the whole Kaepernick kneeling and, and the activism and everything that took place, and it still takes place, but that was such at the forefront. I think that hurt football a lot, and I think with each passing year of Kaepernick not being in the league and us knowing he's not going to be back in the league and yada, yada, I think that the ratings will continue to go back up and, and will be watched and, and enjoyed by a lot of people. Do do you think so? I mean, I guess I don't want to call it a distraction because I actually I hear what you're saying. And for me, if I had to speak to it in those terms to follow up on what you're saying, I think I would more so say Kaepernick helped the NFL finally. We're past the point where it's essentially like a tug of war. There's no president involved 
in this situation. There's no election coming up again. There's no pandemic. Mm-hmm. There's no like the the biggest you know the the biggest protest and and the biggest uprisings that this country has ever seen. So we are past a lot of that where it does feel like we can kind of dial in on the particulars of the sport in terms of the production on, on the field. field. Yeah. But with that being said, mm-hmm. I do see the NFL making some adjustments essentially. And again, I, I alluded to the black quarterbacks earlier. I do see where maybe folks might have got woken up in that industry a little bit. For and sure. we're starting to see the subtle changes For sure. from, you know, having to go through the rough to become a diamond, essentially. For. Because and, and that time period was the rough time period when exactly. Kaepernick, you know, stood up and took his stance. And, and you have to go through that, yeah. essentially, to become a diamond once again. And like I said, week one was a diamond of a week, in my opinion. Sometimes so, it sucks you have to go through that. I disagree there. I don't. But I it's think, common. I it, get that it you sucks. have to go through tough times sometimes to, you know, get it sucks, to the other side. But I side, think it's but, common. It's a common adversity. story. That it's adversity. 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 It's adversity. I'm, I'm not disagreeing that it's not common. You said you have to go through that, and I, I felt like. Some well, I was of the only speaking that, in terms of like a diamond in particular. Yeah, yeah, okay, I, I was just using okay, the analogy yeah. of a diamond. I was like, it's something that the NFL should have already been woken up to, or. Navigated through differently in all of our opinions, I'm sure, in one way or another. But yeah. I do think that they use that as an opportunity to build in certain ways that will, and, and to my point, continue to sustain what they had in week one moving yeah. forward. And I don't think that they're going to go backwards, that's for sure. Yeah, I, like I said, ultimately, I just think it's cultural karma. Like you said, they, they <laughs> went yeah. through, they, I, and that's I think that'll it. be a theme, essentially, for this podcast, and again, I, I got another segment where we'll talk about that. But yeah, it's like, do y'all agree or disagree that they will maintain that or sustain that? No, I, I think they'll yeah. keep being okay. successful. I, I think so. they're yeah. on par for a great year. Yeah, for sure. I think the NFL is on par for a great year. And I don't Me know too. when the last time I was able to say that, actually say that confidently. It's been a few years. It's been a few it's years. A few I mean, years again, right? like you said, the, the Kaepernick stuff, the uprisings, the, the pandemic. And like we, it's it's been a while since I've been able to say like, yeah, I think the NFL is on par for a really good. We really went straight from Kaepernick and transitioned into into COVID. It really yeah. kind of went straight in. There, yeah. there, was, there wasn't like That's, a whole season that gap. That was my point. Like, yeah. It kind of went, went back straight to in. back to where it kind of overtook that. And yeah. again, with the, each passing season of success, that gets further and yeah. further away from the forefront of distraction to you not watching the NFL or enjoying it the same way. We're, you know, yeah, you're not hearing people boycotting the right. NFL anymore or claiming that they're boycotting or people supporting for whatever reasons yeah. that they see fit. Like I said, I, I I do believe, but again, I think marketing wise, even you know, the NFL has adapted and made some cultural adjustments, for sure. yeah, for and sure. it is definitely working in their favor, which is what makes the fight all worth it. Ultimately, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, in terms of everything that took place with Kaepernick, Agreed. and oh by the way, Agreed. the Kaepernick era is not over because the plan is I'm gonna just leak it. We'll see if it happens or not, but I'm gonna just tell y'all what I'm going for. The plan is to get Dave Zirin here on the podcast in the okay. next week or two because he just published a book this week called The Kaepernick Effect mm. where essentially he interviewed a lot of the young athletes in high school and college and even other professional leagues that may not have gotten like mainstream coverage and talked about the stances that they took, you okay. know, in support or, or you know, uh, or in solidarity, I should say, 
of Colin Kaepernick and the stance that he was taking in the NFL. So, yeah, don't think we're getting that far away from it where we ain't going to talk about it again because that's what we're pushing for. But I totally get, you know, the angle that D-Boy was coming from there in terms of the NFL. And so I, I, I do believe that the league is on par for a great season, and I'm looking forward to it. Did y'all watch Versus last night? We switched into culture for a little bit. We'll get back to sports here in a second. But did I didn't. You, I you didn't, didn't watch it. I did didn't. you see any clips? I've seen a few clips. clips. D- d- What's been the general the consensus thing? that y'all have seen? Well, I've seen clips and I've read articles. And from what I'm getting, Ja Rule won it. Yeah, he did. Th- that's what I'm hearing. That's, that's what I'm taking away from it is that Ja Rule won. Handily. Rule, baby. And, and, <laughs> he won. And he I got to say, I do like Fat Joe as well, but I'm not shocked. He didn't have a chance. Ja Rule had hits. He didn't have a hits. chance in hell. Fat ja- Joe didn't have no, a chance. No, he didn't. Ja Rule had hits, dog. Like, Ja Rule had, like, hit hits. Ja Rule Not was... just hip-hop hits, but he had, like, mainstream-ass hits. Ja Rule was some people's favorites, bruh. Yeah. You want me to tell you what Ja Rule was? Ja Rule essentially birthed Drake in terms of Drake took things to a higher level than Ja Rule as an artist. The sing rapper. But, but the, the, the rapper that can sing and be accepted... He singing. couldn't sing. Let's stop no, right here. No, 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 no. He, he tried to sing. He did melody. But, but, but he made it acceptable. And and that was hard for rappers, especially rappers that get respected maybe like in the gangster rap realm well, or, or as a lyricist I'm, or any of those things. Like Ja Rule essentially no. was Drake before Drake. And Drake obviously nah. took things a lot nope. further. He's a lot bigger of an artist. But ja, And he said it I on get, the stage yesterday. Like, angle. I'm the first singing rapper ever. And that's why he was able to cross over into about, the uh, pop in the mainstream platform. Come on, Ja Rule. Ja Rule, yeah. back in I his day. Angle, and Drake is doing I'm it now. Tell you. And as far as it being, I'm real, yeah. as far as it being, as far as him making it accepted, if you remember, in the beginning, all the rappers was clowning him. For sync, clowning Ja Rule, DMX, 50 Cent, all yeah. of, and 50 Cent later on tried to start doing the same exactly. thing. Exactly. He made because because yeah. you couldn't you couldn't deny the success that he it had. Units, he, was again, he was moving again, units. He was moving units. Another thing that helped Ja Rule a lot and allowed his melodies to stand up to the test of time was having a female singer duo oh, no, yeah, with yeah, Ashanti. No yeah, you I, had to massage, no you it, had to transition it yeah, in you a way. You had to soften yeah, it, you, you had, had to, to make it mm-hmm. and I felt no like doubt. that's what did that. You know what I mean? And that's why I said. In comparison to Drake, the difference is that Drake does it stand alone. And Drake is actually a vocalist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He can actually sing. But that's why I said I understood the angle. But 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 in terms, Drake is also very talented. He's also an actor too. I mean, so I mean, Drake does a lot. That's what I'm saying. I get it. He don't get credit for that. But he's very talented. Big records and and uh, Fat Joe did too. But I think the abundance, but not nearly as big. It was almost like like. Epic, you feel me? Like Fat Joe yeah. has some hits that came along the times where that was like, okay, then lean backs and shit. But I'm talking about epic records where you can still bump it with your Today. girl right now type shit and, and be vibing. Twenty some odd years you later, you feel me? Like yeah. you, you still hearing this yeah. on Jamming 107.5 regularly. You feel Regular, me? You're not yeah. hearing too many Fat Joe, even his classics. You're not hearing them streamline yeah, the same way. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, is Lean Back Fat Joe's biggest hit? It would have to be. Probably. I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, I would and, think. and that would tell you enough right yeah. there when it comes to trying to go up uh, in a versus. And they love yeah. each other. I know it's all oh, love it's all with love, them. of course, of course. But, but yeah. yeah, he didn't stand a chance, so I wasn't surprised. And that's why I probably wasn't that interested in tuning in. Yeah, I wasn't shocked at that. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't shocked at that. Yeah, yeah. No, I wasn't either. I, I picked Ja Rule to win coming in. We still never followed up on uh, what the hell Jada Kids did to Dipset. Oh, my. <laughs> I got, oh yeah, we did. We talked. We, we talked about it. I don't can think I, we're part two here. 
His party definitely told he us, said, like, bro. You, you was right like I, a I mug. Tried yeah. you. you tried. And we tried, tried three bucks. Yeah. You was right as hell. Yeah. But that's only because I've been following D Block right. and Locks since right. like 98, 99. You was right yeah. as hell. So yeah. I tried know to what they got. Didn't miss. Yeah, yeah. I know what they got. Yeah, you I also know what Dipset had, and it was really just Cameron. Yeah. It was really just Cameron and Ballin. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Cameron's seven or eight hits, and then it was Ballin. You was right. I, <laughs> it sounds like a conversation we had. All right. Definitely all right. So I'm putting all y'all on that. the spot. I'm okay. putting y'all on the spot. We just, we, we rolling. We rolling. A lot of people, and obviously Kiss has referred to himself as this throughout his career, but I think this helped sort of top validate five. the top five dead or alive statement. Hell I, no, 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 no. I, I don't. I don't have him in my top five okay. dead or alive. Oh, you said, but you just hot but it definitely us. gave you gave him an argument. No, I'm not hot taking you at all because I don't think he's top five dead or alive. Okay. What I'm doing is asking y'all who y'all top five dead or Ooh. alive is. That's what I'm doing. I'm put you, you, you give me the hot take Ooh. and tell me your top five dead or alive because I don't think Jada Kiss is there. But I understand why that became a conversation because he put on a historic performance, like yeah. an absolute historic performance. We're doing a fantasy football set. Segment here later that yeah. was pre-recorded and it'll be attached to the end of this episode. And I said that I was I had Chef Kenny on. He's been on this podcast a while ago. Damian Lillard's personal chef, so on yeah. and so forth. And when I was talking to him in that segment, I basically <clears throat> said the two events of the year so far have been. <laughs> The locks versus Dipset in that damn wedding that Dame just yes. threw. Because my goodness, that was crazy. But but I say that to say. Jada Kiss put on that historic of a performance in that versus that it was probably the most historic thing culturally that we saw this year. But who's your top five dead or alive, D boy? <laughs> Lil put Wayne. Put us on the spotlight. Like this that. is no particular order. No particular order. Okay. No particular Lil Wayne, order. Jay Z, um, Mac Dre. <laughs> Got it though. Mac. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eminem and. Uh, Lil Wayne, Jay Z, Mac Dre, Eminem. That's four. Yeah, that is four. Um, I I hate to be. I I never been the Nas guy, so I'm not. See, gonna I, I rock him with in Nas. There. I know, but for I the, rocks I, with Nas. For the, we'll get your five here next. I, I'll say Dre. I say Dre. Okay. He, Dre. He's a he's 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 a goat. He's a top five. Okay, who's yeah. your top five? Are we talking just like artists overall, or something specific? Just overall. I'm talking Jada Kiss with Jada Kiss standards. Top five dead or alive. What was Jada? His would be lyricists. His would be like like well rappers rappers say rappers top five rappers oh oh I'm sorry I didn't put Tupac in there I no did. you didn't that's yeah. where I was going Tupac first. Tupac yeah. over Drake I that's just a given to me that's so, where I was going Tupac first. I'm sorry sorry rest in peace brother that was disrespectful as hell <laughs> Tupac you are in my top five <laughs> yeah, and, and there I, you go I know it's cliche to say Pac and Biggie but that's like my era yeah that I grew up in so it's, for me it's good to get that perspective for me they still in there okay. I gotta put Nas in there for me. I gotta, I gotta go with Nas. Okay, okay. he's still killing it, by the and way. And he's still killing it mm -hmm. right, right now. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna throw some Bay flavor in there for you. I'm gonna go too short. Mm, I'm gonna over put forty. Two, I'm gonna put yeah. I'm gonna put too short in there. Over forty. Because I was listening to too short before I got on the forty. And for me, talk like, about too short because we from Vallejo. And you're a little older, I know and you're from is. the Bay as well. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about talk that because I do that. know too short yeah. broke before E40. Yeah, yeah. So and see me so. I'm originally from the Filmo, right in the, in the city. San Francisco. So he did a lot of stuff with rapping Fote early on. My grandparents lived across the street from Fote. I used to see Fote all the time. Short Fote's would be out, a legend. Short would be out there sometimes too in the city, like when they had events or stuff going on. So I would see them when I was little, but I listened to them more so. And I had a lot of friends 
that was uh, that listened to Too Short more so. So I was listening to Short. So like, his catalog stands out more in my mind, especially growing up, right. than Forty. Now, nostalgic. Don't get, me, don't get me wrong. I rock with Forty. Yeah, right. yeah, been, yeah, yeah. It's no disrespect, been, been but with 40. 40, 40 pays homage to Short. Exactly. Pays homage to Short. So I, because Short know. is kind of like the Godfather of the Bay. Yeah. Before, when it comes to rap, right? Because Short been around since like early eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as far as mm-hmm. rap going to Bay, so that's why I'm rocking with Short there. So like, how many is that? Is that three for me? That you said that's Tupac. four. I said Pac, Biggie, Nas, Nas, Short, Short, Ooh. and you got one more. I gotta throw Kiss in there. Even though Styles P is my dude, Kiss is more of a lyricist. Yeah, Kiss is better than Styles, Styles P. P is my guy. <laughs> Styles P is my guy. Made it the top. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta Ooh, throw Kiss in there. Yeah, because here's, here's the thing. You got <laughs> too short. Didn't you throw? But he threw Drake in there though. No, See, no, 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 no. I said, took Drake I, I, off I, I, for Pac. But you had him in there, though. I mean, I had him in there because we, we forgot about Pac. That's why. Okay. But he ain't in there. He okay. wasn't in my final top five. I had, to, I had to shake mine up. I had to throw a little Bay flavor in there. But see, I like Jay-Z, but I've never been that into Jay-Z. Yeah. I've always been more Nas than Jay-Z, in my right, opinion. Right, right. That's and fair. I, and honestly... If I if I didn't go Nas, I probably would have went DMX. All right. Yeah. Over Jay Z. Ooh, that's a good one. That's, that's just that's one. just me. That's a good one. I, yeah. I think I, I think Jay Z's great, but I just never rocked with him like I did the, those two. And I hate to I say, it, but for all the all the hits that DMX put out while he was alive and that that we experienced while he was alive, I did a lot of research on him. You know, post you know posthumous research on him and. He was goaded too. He he did yeah. a lot more. Like yeah. he was, he's very more <laughs> so accomplished and overcoming than I even knew of just from a oh, yeah. listener. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I dove deep, man. They had sure. Jay Z. They had Jay Z on the shop, and he talked about DMX and like his greatest memory of DNX. And his greatest memory was him and DMX. They were either on tour together or they did a show together. And he was slated after DMX. And DMX went out there and he said it was so electrifying. You can't follow you DMX. Can't you can't follow that. He you was like, he was like, him. X was so electrifying that it like he barking. He he got the whole, he's like, this dude had the whole stadium barking. Mm. Mm. Like, imagine that. Like, you yeah. got a, a yeah. stadium full yeah. of people. Yeah. <laughs> you got like, like yeah, that's crazy. different, man. That's yeah. different to have to follow that's, up on. That's next level. And, and that was one of his biggest memories. Now, if I had to give my top five, though, I am still going to put Jay-Z in there. I yeah, got sure, Hove in sure. there. Hope. I got Tupac in there. I got Snoop Dogg in there. Okay. That's three. People would laugh at that Snoop one, but yeah. Am I, see, that's why. Why? I mean, you can that's laugh why at it. Said, okay, but I'm just Snoop. Yeah, we we gonna talk about we'll it. We'll talk about going. it because 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 we can we can talk about it. I got Let's Snoop in there. It. I got Lil Wayne in there. Party crazy, man. I got Lil Wayne in there. You gotta be. And I got Kendrick in there. Okay. 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 And I got Kendrick. So in before there. we talk about the Snoop thing real quick, I want to talk about mine because I threw a little shade on one of yours. And Party threw some of one of my prospects. And after this recent uh, drop, uh, Certified Lover Boy or whatever yeah. with Drake, I want to know because I already obviously know your opinion. I want to know from Devon right now do you think some of the accomplishments in the, what he had, 10 songs, nine out of 10 songs in the top 10 cohesively at the same time and all this, do you think his accomplishments in the level of uh I don't want to say excitement but I guess urgency that people have on his drops do you think that makes him a legitimate 
by now in his career, do you think it makes him a legitimate top five conversation? Or yeah, think- yeah, he's got a case. Okay, okay. Drake, Drake definitely because, has because a case. Because I feel like you got either people Drake who are has way a case. left or they like, hell no. No, 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 Drake has got a case. people where I'm thinking logical, like, he's not my go-to person to listen to musically-wise, but I would have to say he's for sure, if not top five, six or seven, because of the things that he's been able to accomplished for so long consistently now i've seen a lot of people change their stance on him i've seen him battle street hood rappers yeah, yeah. And i've seen enough no, drake's got in a his case. career to to where 100 i don't think it's just a laugh at drake is in your time i think it's a legit conversation i want to know i want to know why y'all laughing at snoop though well tell me why what you think about the drake <laughs> thing why well, tell laugh- me why because it, it might be for some of the same reasons what about like like why would you think that that that's like frowned upon? Why do you think some people feel like Drake has no reason even being a prospect? In see, that? for me, that's more of a generational thing as far as hip hop goes. Cause I'm about eight to ten years older than y'all. Yeah. So I did not like that. What Drake does, that's not what we like. My age, like the almost forty. But what? what that's when you not say, what, what does we came he do? like for. Like what? That's like what all I want to know. Like all the singing and all that, that. That's why no one. That's why no one from my era really puts Ja Rule considers him a lyricist, like or, or anything like that, because of all the singing and shit. Like no, nobody really fucked with that. Like a lot of people didn't yeah, fuck with that. That's not the hip hop you grew that's up on. That's not he's what I grew. Did like you say Nick, he can't be. A, he's not classic. You didn't grow up on no, no, crossover no. hip hop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I grew up in yeah. the mid '90s to the early 2000s, as far as like that hip hop era. But like, he's as far a rapper, as being in though, high right? school and who with Drake. Oh, I'm not saying he can't rap. I would never say that. I, f- I think he can rap. But no, I, I'm asking, is I he would, a rapper or is, like, what do you classify him as? A rapper or a singer or a pop? Like, is he it tough? Tricky? He's like a hybrid. And that's, mm, what, make, like that's what I think makes it a good dope. word. That's he's what, like a hybrid, right? It's a good word. Because yeah. he does he both. really is. But he does both. It's not like he just does one every now and then. He does both consistently. Yeah. So and he's really and, in yeah. both. And, and well. Yeah. And really well. I'm not saying he don't do well. But what I do like about Drake is that. Honestly, as far as when it comes to rap and hip hop and just like straight flowing, I think he's a better rapper than Ja Rule. Yeah, I agree. He's bar, better like than Ja Rule. Bar for bar. He's better than Ja Rule. I think ja he's a better rapper than Ja Rule because I never was really into Ja Rule like when he really tried to get on a, uh, a record yeah. and go bar for bar with somebody. I never was into that. But why do you think music is the one thing that we always, because I feel like that your answer was kind of expected as to when people do finally answer that question. Cause I've yeah. had this conversation yeah. before. It's usually somebody who said, I didn't grow up on that. I wasn't, but we also didn't grow up on these young, great athletes that we're witnessing to today. You know what I mean? We grew up on Jordan and, and Kobe and all these people, but that doesn't mean we can't still admire the greatness and the, um, and the, 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 fr- how, how much advancement, has taken place where we see people like Kyrie, his handles right yeah. now. We didn't grow up on that, but that's I've seen him dribble better than any anybody. legend that I've ever. You know <laughs> what I mean? And anybody. we don't say I can't fool with Kyrie like that because I didn't grow up on that. That ain't how we he came with tough. people dribbling. But he wasn't as tough as that. It's like music is the only thing. It's like when you mention a hybrid and us talking about him doing both things exceptionally well. That's what from a coach or anything, uh, uh, somebody who works for you. That's anything you would ever want. Somebody I could depend on to do multiple things at a very high level. But I think music is different. And go back and watch some Isaiah Thomas film. I'm not saying he had Kyrie handles, but I think his handle was underrated. Now that now that we're so far removed from Isaiah Thomas, the original Isaiah Thomas, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. the not, Joy not, Pistons Isaiah exactly. Thomas. I know you. Go talking. back. Yeah. Go. go. <laughs> I know no, you do. no, Jakey. I, I know yeah, you do. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Go back and watch some of his film. Yeah. Go back. 
he had a great handle. But do you get and the no point? One ever I'm not arguing it, that. And either, he but... never gets brought up as far as that conversation goes. Well, that's... I'm not saying he's Kyrie, but they didn't do all the stuff in games, and they weren't allowed to do as much. But my question is the angle on why we don't measure it. Anything else besides music that way to where we're nah. almost we're almost critiquing Drake for not but we being a do, part though. of it. We do in sports. We kind of do a little bit. LeBron, though. the LeBron and Jordan debate. I mean, is, that's the same is, thing. It's a generational debate. No, no, debate. no. But I'm, I mean, for the most part, you know, it is. But it's not like we don't fool with LeBron. Is what I'm saying. It's not like we 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 yeah, know we cut, yeah, like yeah, we yeah, still yeah, yeah. go I, him. I you, you feel me? Like I'm not saying greatest of all time, but we know he's in that conversation, yeah. rightfully so. We try to eat, like I said, it's either like for show Drake is there or this like, mic is hot too, or man, like, no, nah, he ain't there because of the conversation, you know what I mean? Because of the, the generation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder why it's so focused on him, particularly as an artist, you know what I mean? And then in music overall, when we don't do that to that magnitude in other elements. But I didn't say that I didn't think Drake was good, and now. We were talking about top. Five. He's just not in my top five. Right, right, right. I'm sure right. there's somebody that's my age or even older that likes Drake a lot. No, but I was saying <laughs> the reaction to even justifying him being in that conversation, yeah. like you said, he, Drake was finna be in your top five. Like it's <laughs> laughable. Was, you feel me? So but, but that's my point. Yeah, like, like, ask you why you laughing? Yeah, right? I want to know why you laughing at Drake, man. Why you laughing? Just say it. That's that's kind of where I'm coming from. I'm, so. I'm still like, I'm still confused on what made Snoop laughable. Man, do you hear some? Of, <laughs> I didn't laugh at he's laughed at Snoop. Yeah, I, I Snoop. You Snoop know what I'll say something like this on the mic. <laughs> For the hell of it, celibates. Yeah. Man, with man, that ain't Dog. top five uh uh performance right there. He's Dog. he's a legend, he's iconic. He is definitely an but icon. Yeah, he's an icon, bro. Doggy but as style. far as a goat artist, a hip hop artist, bro. I, yeah. A Dog. top five hip hop album ever. Doggy yeah. style might be a top five hip hop oh, album. I'll give you Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's that's a plethora of hits. hits. One of my but that's a completely uh, uh, different thing, right? Yeah, no, you can make a good body of work and not be a great body of work and one of the first. That helps too. And, and he's an absolute hit maker. He has he has been a part of so many hits. He's crossed generations in yeah, terms of I, being I a hit maker. I can't argue that. He I got can't longevity. Argue, but he we, got everything. What longevity. doesn't he have? What he, doesn't he have? So lyrics. <laughs> His lyrics are a bunk, bruh. You know what I think it he is? He don't have good lyrics. I think it's that we just, uh, I won't say we, I won't say a lot of people don't view Snoop in that Realm of the upper upper echelon. Party. Does he? Does Snoop have good lyrics? Not yes. since not since like his first Party. couple albums. Not since his first lyrics? couple albums. I mean, first couple albums was yes. <laughs> but yeah, how, it's been how, a while. How many I know, years? I how many it. years? It's been his first couple albums. It was in the nineties. I get it. That's why <laughs> I feel. Since then, I would say no. You're right. But the first couple albums, they was fine. We talking about like 93, 94. 90, 93, 95, yeah, 94. That's a far, far removed to be saying that you ain't I had good you. lyrics since then. I, I feel but, but, I mean, you're but, not a good but, lyricist. But, but rapping isn't all about lyricism. Right. He it's still not, has made, right. he still was able to adapt and make great music if since then. Him and the Pharrell, the Snoop and Pharrell would, era, where maybe yeah. his, lyrics, his lyrics weren't the same in terms of the content. He was a lot more on some gangster shit early on, but he was able to adapt an and artist. grow as a 
human, and he still was able to create the music to match it. That hit hard. That hit hard. You know, him and Pharrell had an insane era. They had an insane era, and that has nothing to do with his '90s era. That's a completely different era. That was two thousand. He was still near the top of the game. Still giving you them punk ass punchlines that wasn't good. So you just don't like Snoop? No, I just sound like. It sound like we got a Snoop dog hater on the podcast. You, but that's what I'm saying. You don't like people, your choice people, of punchlines. The same way you hated, that he hated on Drake, you being a different. You sound like you ain't no Snoop right now. I'm gonna tell you. I tell you one thing. What this podcast has done for me is allowed me to express certain things and yeah. have a strong take without it being a hating thing. Like yeah, I know for that. Sure, it comes for sure. from, it like Snoop is still gonna give you a hard time. Yeah, you got to give me a hard time for Snoop. But but I take the hard time because I know that it's. Uh, a large percentage of people who will agree in just that of what I'm saying. If my one critique of Snoop Dogg in the overall and everything, it'll be his lyrics have always seemed hella basic to me. You f- from old okay. to new, the content was better back then to where I think it was innovative and that helped with us thinking that it was good lyrics. But I think he's <laughs> always had a very simplified wordplay. Tell me this. Okay, you said. His lyrics are basic compared to who? Compared to the Kendricks that we talk about. Okay. Compared to the Coles that are in the conversation. I rocks with J. Compared, Cole, too. I, I like, I like he, J. Cole a lot. I, I mean, compared to people who I would okay. think. When I think artists, again, I think the first thing for me, I'm thinking lyrics. Okay. Again, even as far as people can but say, Matt like Dre nice. lyrics was simple. But, like nice. but I'm but he again, wrote a, he, t- he spit a he whole verse backwards. But, again, <laughs> but, but, look, though, but again, I'm a West Coast dude. We got sure. to take sure. that into I account. Absolutely. It goes That's back why I to what you said. But it goes back to what you said about what you grew up on, no, bro. And I again, I he, I know. Him being a kid, that's my little brother. Snoop Hove soundtrack was our highlight tape. Uh, background music. Am I lying? But there's a whole lot before that. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. cred- I'm agreeing with what you're saying yeah. as to and why I understand your yeah, take. You but if, I, <laughs> if you're asking me why <laughs> it's laughable, I would say even from all of that, it was still simplified rap. He didn't never make me think super hard. I, I don't I don't, I don't have a you know, problem with Snoop not being in your top five. I do have a problem with Snoop being laughable though. No, no, no. no. I got a problem I said, with I said, Snoop being laughable, laughable in a top five far, conversation. I'm saying as far as being res, like a respected lyricist. That's what I don't think he has dope lyrics. And I'll that's, be honest, that's my opinion. You know who the real lyricist was out of his crew early See? on? Who? Corrupt. Corrupt was the lyricist. Again. Corrupt I could, was I the lyricist. I give you, Corrupt was the lyricist, especially back in that and early And again, it's no not for the same reason that he just said. You don't have to be a good lyricist to be a good artist or to make yeah. good record. Like yeah. I know a lot of good records. hit makers oh, yeah, yeah. who aren't lyricists, so that's oh, yeah, not a yeah. knock. Yeah. That's just not that's like me. Breaking down somebody else's game, and for the longest, I said I didn't think LeBron had a good jumper. He was that don't mean he's not a great player. That don't mean he's not in the conversation. But if that if that happens to be a weakness in your game, in my opinion, that's why I would say yeah. well hold him because when you're talking about top five, I think it heavily is judged on lyricism. So that's why I think to he's laughable. Extent, I extent. think the music matters every bit as much, especially if you speak to the progress of hip hop and you speak to what hip hop was then compared to what it is now and you start to consider the 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 generations crossing and yeah. hip hop and rap becoming more mainstream and the same reasons why you may not like Drake cuz you didn't grow up on mainstream hip hop in mm-hmm. that way for Snoop Dogg to be able to be near the top of the game in both of these generations which yeah. obviously is hard to do because of the all the reasons that we've already alluded to 
I think it can't be laughable to to say that the same way I don't think Drake is laughable to say that he's in somebody's top five. Yeah. He don't have to be in your top five particularly. I feel you. But yeah. laughable, it was, it was I think, no is knock, a stretch. It was it's no knock stretch, to you or Snoop. Yeah. His lyrics are just simple. That's it. <laughs> one, like one thing I think Snoop has been able to do is he's been able to reinvent himself over yeah. like every day. Better than anybody much in every, every about 10 years or so. Yeah. He'll reinvent a little bit. He'll, he'll switch something up. A little bit. He went gospel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. he went from murder was the case to gospel. <laughs> exactly, and, and didn't he do like a uh, reggae album or something like that? He's done, uh, yeah, Snoop, yeah, Snoop, Snoop Lion, Snoop Lion. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's done a lot. He's reinvented himself a lot, and that's why he has such a wide fan base because he has something that everybody can relate to just about. Like I'm, I'm with his early universal stuff, his appeal stuff. Yeah, exactly. He's got universal exactly. appeal, exactly. That has to matter. That has to matter. Yeah, he's doing Corona commercials in satin robes, hey. <laughs> sounding just like hey, E-Rap. You, you know what else? He's cashing them checks too. Yeah. That's what he's doing. And that's why cooking with I'm Martha Stewart. He cashing them checks. I'm not mad at that. He cashing them checks. He cashing. Like I don't think anybody has, to me, and and I'm not just speaking monetarily. I'm speaking like overall impact overall impact i don't know if anybody that derived from hip-hop has made a greater overall impact than snoop dogg has there's obviously people that has more money than snoop yeah yeah like jay-z's but got more money culturally and culturally cultural impact i don't think anybody in hip-hop has made more cultural impact than snoop dogg has i don't believe i think and even though he's been dead a long time i think tupac would rival that as far as the impact, and I'm not in, mad at that. As far as the impact he's had, not just on the music part, but just especially on young black men like ourselves. I think mm-hmm. I think of, of it in that way though, because of how close Snoop was to Tupac during that time too. Well, I mean, so they was along right there with together. The, exactly, they <laughs> was, was right, right there, there together. Yeah. So along with him being there and being such a vital yeah. piece of that era, and unfortunately, Pac's life came to an end yeah. very early. Yeah, Snoop. It's been 20, 25 years since that was what, 96 when Pac was killed? Yeah, it's man. 2020. It's been 25 years. And yeah. Snoop has still been able to hold that relevancy from then. And that was an insane amount of relevancy that they had together yeah. during that era. Yeah. I agree, Pac, Pac was a. Snoop has said he, he took a back seat to Pac in, in, and he did. in that he, way back then. You got to remember, he had a murder trial going on. He had a he lot, had a lot going, going on. on. Absolutely. He couldn't just really be out there like that. Absolutely. <laughs> at the time. Absolutely. Um, Let's get to taking L's, fellas. Oh, that's important. That's <laughs> Let's important. get to taking L's, fellas. <laughs> Go for it. Start us off, D-Boy. Oh, well, just because, you know, you already spoiled who I was picking for taking L's <laughs> earlier in that Raiders talk. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson has taken my L this year. Uh, I mean, this, this week. week. And it's not even because of the loss. I, that could happen. Like I said, it's early as week one. Um <clears throat> And, and and don't mistake this to get caught up with the the verbiage I've been hearing from analysts this week too, saying he's not a great quarterback and he can't be built around and all this, and he can't build the quarterback who can't throw will never be great. All I don't agree with none of that. Yeah. I have a sole problem with week one or not three fumbles in one game. You lost two of them. Yeah. That could have been three. But three fumbles is what I have a problem with. Something is going on there. Whether I seen one that was like on an awkward flip that he did. But he, it's just, again, if you're going to be a runner, 
protecting the ball is going to be a must. And I feel like this has started to become a norm now. It's not just a week one thing. I feel like I've seen him lose the ball yeah. in some pivotal times, um, you know, throughout his career now. It doesn't take away from his greatness. It doesn't take away from his ability to lead a team. But I do believe that that's something that now has to be extremely fine-tuned or he's going to have to start taking less contact and sliding like most quarterbacks do. Can't get the ball away. You, you can't you, you give, can't the give it away. away. You, you can't give I mean? the ball away. You it, can't give it away. And, and that's why I said... Um, he's that, also very young. And that's why I said I won't get, don't mistake this for me saying he's right. not great or can't Absolutely. be great or can't be a franchise quarterback because, again, after week one, I've heard some takes as hot as that. But I am saying you have to look at three fumbles and they're not just center to quarterback exchange fumbles yeah. where you could yeah. live with that yeah. just being some early work type shit. But even shit, that, you, you got to tighten that up, Even that, too. you do, you too. But you understand what I'm saying. I you can you understand though. that and, and fine-tune that. But when yeah. you're losing the ball off of it, getting punched out by defensive ends, and you taking awkward landings, flipping and stuff as a quarterback, again, you have to protect yourself, your body, and the ball. You can't be giving it away. So I'm glad you said that about <laughs> protecting himself because it, it, the one thing I want to see soon is for him to sign a long-term contract. See what I'm saying? Because he doesn't have that yet. See what I'm saying? He's still supposed to be negotiating That's that with the fault. team. Yeah. That is his fault. But here's the thing. How many guys have we seen? I don't want this to happen to him. I don't want him to get hurt. But how many guys have we seen just like that, even non-contact? But yeah, and now with, without having the money of, in place. Yeah, he takes a lot of I awkward want him to get chances that and landings to me where yeah. him losing the ball is a great outcome for how I seen his neck do yeah. or the jilt or like it's just a lot. And so that's what I'm saying. Just it was a very sloppy week one for him. Yeah. In in regards to the expectation that I hold him to and the potential that I hold him to. And I think it's not only him who has to work on that, that's the coaches and the people around him. Um, if that's who they want to be QB1 for a long time coming, they, oh, yeah, that, they he, got, I can't guy. blame week one on that. He's their guy. He, he's he, going to yeah, be their yeah, guy. Yeah, he's yeah. already in a league yeah. MVP. But he can't Come keep on. taking these chances. He can't keep no. taking Especially these chances not getting with that his bad. body yeah. or the ball. Yeah. That's he what should I'm have saying. gotten an extension already. Yeah, I don't exactly. understand how. Well, he's he, been an MVP, dog. It, Why don't you have the money should already not be an issue. He's his own agent. He's his own agent. And that's the problem. his mom is taking care of somebody. And that's the problem. That's the problem. That he need he needs done. to get an agent, and, and then he needs I'm to saying. secure the bag. It, it seems more and more like he just doesn't have the right. Pe- I I don't know. It's like I said. Yeah. I think it's deeper than him because he's so young. He's young. Yeah, it shows in these ways, so. and it's coming. The success is coming so fast. fast. Yeah, it, yeah. To where we're watching him, like I yeah. said, in nobody proposed. Yeah. Nobody thought the Raiders was gonna beat that in large part because of who their quarterback oh, yeah. was. You feel yeah. me? Like yeah. that's what you think about when you okay. We gotta stop Lamar. A, a Dual threat, that's the guy. But they don't think he's a dual threat. Uh, he is. He, he is. Thanks. He's, he's, he's a dual threat. He's a dual threat. threat. I, mean, I, I, I think so too. I but, watch him throw the ball. He's not. He may not be the, have the strongest or be the most accurate yet, but he can put the ball a, out there. He threat. throws a nice ball yeah, sometimes. I think so. He needs more consistency I throwing a nice so. ball. Yeah. That's what he needs. Yeah, more yeah. consistency. And he don't always have the best tools or whatever. So again, well, I mean, that's just three fumbles in one game. They got three running backs that got hurt in the preseason. So yeah, that did. don't yeah, help. Do. Yeah, so yeah. now it's even more on him. He's yeah. going to try to do even more. The that's not good. On. That's and not exactly. good. Not if good. you're going to do nah. more, do it as safe as possible. Yeah. For the ball in your body. I'm done. Part <laughs> drop uh, 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 He dropped his mic, but you know what? Part go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my taking the L this week is going to Mr. Marcellus Wiley, 
of Speak for Yourself. That was trash. Yeah, so I so I, I showed y'all so showed y'all this. This list j- just came out. Talk about it this afternoon. It came out so quickly that I had to do a little write up on it. And so I'm just going to go through the top ten. So this is Marcellus Wiley's all time top ten NFL players list. I'm gonna start from ten and go to one. I'm gonna do it quickly. So at number ten we got Aaron Donald plays for the Rams. Number nine we got Ladanian Tomlinson. Number eight Dan Marino. Number seven is Patrick Willis, formerly of the 49ers. I think he's retired now, right? Early. Yeah, retired early at that. <laughs> early. Number that, six is Terrell Owens. This T-O. is top ten football players? All time. All time. This is his all time list. Patrick so everybody's Willis? included. Okay. Everybody's okay. included. Okay. okay, so number six is Terrell Owens. Number five is John Randall. Who? <laughs> yeah. Now, not to disparage him, but not top five. He was a great defensive end, but I don't know about top five. Number four, Junior Seau. Now he was a teammate. You know, God, you know, God rest his soul. He was a teammate of uh, Marcellus Wally when he was in his early days. Bruce Smith, also another teammate. Number three, number two, Deion Sanders. Number one, Barry Sanders. Now I did not. Now in my article, I said I don't have a real issue with number one and two. If that's who he wants to put number Bruce one and two, Smith, take him off that's... the whole list. <laughs> Where's Brady? Okay. Where's Jerry Rice? There's Joe no Montana. <laughs> The, what is he talking about? The first one I said was like, where's Jerry Rice? Yeah. I mean, do, do people actually realize that when Jerry Rice, like even now, not just when he retired, but even now, some of the records he holds are so far pushed out That's that so no bad. one's going to catch him for, for a so long bad. time. Yeah. That's Randy so Moss, Terrell Owens, um, Julio Jones today, yeah. anybody you can name, they don't have a shot at they catching him. They don't have a chance at him. Okay, they don't have a shot. I think he's number one in reception touchdowns at 197 for a career. The closest, I believe, is um, is at like 153, and they're retired. Right. Okay? Right. No one's catching him for a long time, but he's not on the list. Okay? Yeah, that's nuts. He's not on the list. No, is Lawrence Taylor on the list? Another one I, I, I put in my article. Lawrence Taylor is not on the list. Wow. Even Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is not on the Ray list. Ray Lewis should be on he's that list. He's not on the list. Jim yeah, Brown. Now, no Jim Brown's going way Emmitt back. Emmitt Smith. No Emmitt Smith. No, no, no Walter Smith. Payton. Another one I mentioned. No, no sweetness. Wow. No, none of those guys. That's bad. Yeah, that's a little nuts. I almost think that what, he's trolling. Is that a credible source? It's Marcellus Wiley. Speak for I'm yourself. Speak for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, Marcellus yeah, Wiley. This is that's from their cre- show Twitter. Oh, okay, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk like it's so bad that it seems fake. Yeah. Now, I just said this in my article. He's he's trolling. He has to be true. One hundred percent. This is 100%. just to get us to you know. Yeah, we're talking to react to, we're to do what we're doing about right now. We're talking yeah. about yeah. it to get yeah, us really doing. So, we're, we're so talking this. about it. I, I I'm always loving because I went on this show on Sports Nation back in the day. Okay, and uh, he said I must be the mayor where I'm from because I was. You feel me? He really vibed with me. We had a good conversation okay. after yeah. show. Um, and you know, I, I I thought I held him in high regards, but <laughs> damn, that was, that was all. Hurt me. I so, don't know about this one. So with that being said, I got to give a double boo. One boo goes to Marcellus Wiley. And then we got to give another boo because I didn't give Lamar Jackson his boo for taking an L. So here you go, Lamar. I was a little louder, too. Right? And now now I got to give my taking L's to CBS. Ooh. I'm giving it to a whole network. A whole network. network. Where's my popcorn? I'm giving it to an entire network. You about to go in. Damn. CBS... They've changed it since then, but they announced and oh. they intended on putting a competition series out called The Activist, where basically there were going to be activists competing against each other 
based on the most social impact they made, the most um, social media engagement they got, and would win like a prize, like a cash prize for winning the competition show. He was trying, they were trying to pin activists against each yeah. other. <laughs> now, activists disagreeing with each other is one thing, but intentionally making activists compete against yeah. each other for the sake of a television show is basically like reality TV for activism. It's reality TV for activism. You're dressing up something serious and making it a exactly. game. And making it a making game. It a game. Yeah. And, and the for host, your benefit. Yep. The hosts were supposed to be Usher. <laughs> of course it was Usher. <laughs> Usher, uh, Priyanka Chopra, and Julianne Hoke were supposed to be the hosts of this show. Uh, they have they got a lot of backlash oh, and a of lot of slander by guess who? The activist community pushed back in, insanely on uh, this because it was just man. an absolute joke to even be reported. And since then, they've tried to change the format to it. But the hell with changing the format to it. Do away with it. Yeah. Do away with it. Put That idea is so out of touch that I don't want to see anything activism-based on that network for a while. I'm not saying ever. People make mistakes. We've seen networks be out of touch before on a lot of different levels. And yeah. I'm not necessarily the cancel culture dude. So I'm not canceling CBS. And damn it, who knows? One day they may want to hire me. I, just I don't know. Show. I don't just know. Just, just because I'm obviously in touch. Because I knew this was a bad idea. Right? But, but anywho... Trying to pin activists up against each other, I think, first and foremost, was just an absolute joke. If you know the hearts of real activists, if you understand the purpose of real activism, uh. then you know that putting them up against each other and not being in solidarity is the last thing that you want to see happen amongst activists. Now, I do want to say this, and this is a part of the reason because I've obviously been fortunate to do a lot of activist-like work in the community. And... I still, to this day, do not call myself an activist. At one point, I think it was like 100% legit that I didn't call myself an activist because I, I felt like I hadn't done the work. Yeah. Now I feel like I've gotten some things done. I'm, I'm yeah. fortunate and blessed to have been a part of some major historic things locally, yeah. uh, statewide, federally, so on and so forth. I've been able to do so much that if I wanted to consider myself an activist, I think I may have the resume to be able to yeah. do that now. But I still don't consider consider myself an activist because I don't like the fact that activists kind of get cornered into having to be a particular way yeah. because of the stances that they take on more serious issues. And I do feel like we are starting to see a time period where activists are starting to be able to do a little bit more and they're fighting to have more freedoms and to be able to break stereotypes of them just being somebody that has to kind of always be buttoned down and serious and covering these serious issues without necessarily having any other interest. So I don't like that aspect of it. So maybe that's the, the, the mind frame that CBS had in terms of <laughs> creating this show to create a different kind of opportunity for these activists to become like reality TV stars or whatever the case may be. But the way they did about it was absolutely, Absolutely awful because you basically wanted activists to break what was af activist code, yeah. not activist stereotypes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. a lot of activists are stereotyped in a lot of different ways, but there's a difference between trying to break a stereotype and then trying to break a code amongst people that work and are, are you know relevant and 
are active in that space. Yeah. So I think CBS should just kind of do it. What don't even try to reformat <laughs> it. I, I heard that they're reformatting how they're doing it because of all the backlash they got. I say CBS just let it go. Yeah, let it go. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> let change the go. whole name and everything. Yeah, let it go. Activist. You gotta I'm let that one go. <laughs> let it go. Just let, let it go. Let that ride and let that. You know, just say, oh, we yeah. go. They put out a statement. Take CBS this put L. out a statement Take and everything. L. Take the L. L. Take the L. L. So on that note, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they earned that one. They earned that one. They earned that one. On that note, we're gonna leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. So I'm introducing a new segment here on the Wake Up and Win podcast. Many of you don't know that for the last five years, I've actually been playing fantasy football, and I've only been playing fantasy football in one league. I try not to do a bunch of different leagues because, you know, I'm a busy man first and foremost, so I don't always have time to do fantasy football, but I thoroughly enjoy it. And I was fortunate enough to get into like a pretty good serious league when I decided to start doing fantasy and so now what we're doing is the Fantasy Rewind segment. This new segment is going to be called the Fantasy Rewind. And the reason why we're rewinding rather than fast forwarding and talking about the upcoming opponent is because I wanted this segment to have a little bit of a shit talking element to it. I wanted to have fun with it. And, you know, I wanted to not only give this platform to these folks that I've been in this league with for quite a long time, but also, you know, create new, fun, interesting content because a lot of this podcast, you know, it, it revolves around a lot of the things I'm doing. Even if I am connecting it to a mainstream story or a mainstream entity or a mainstream element such as the NFL here, I always try to weave in something that I have going on to that of the subject. So obviously we know fantasy football is a big deal. And actually, the guest who was my opponent who did defeat me so I am on one right now in fantasy football. It's somebody you've heard here on this podcast before. It's my guy. It's my friend. It's my brother, Chef Kenny, man. You got me, dog. You got me. Yes, yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, it was a sweet victory. Uh, <laughs> a lot of things had to go my way, so I don't want to gloat too much. But um, I was already projected to win. I'm just happy that I brought the W out and it allows me to talk smack for another week. Uh, he, he would have to tell you all the part about him already being projected to win. It was supposed to be closer than it ended up being, though, Chef Kenny. Yeah, you was, was nervous. You was closer. nervous coming into the week. Like, damn, am I gonna start off the am I gonna start off the season on the on the good foot or the bad foot? I I definitely wasn't going in with full confidence. I know that when you draft the team, especially um with our draft, it's a lot of real smart and savvy people. Yeah. So coming around to certain picks and, and, and what you get and where you get it, it was interesting to see us come up where our pick position was in the draft as well as week one. So it was interesting. I'm glad I got the W, though. Yeah, I'm not glad you got the W, but talk a little bit more about <laughs> it. <laughs> I'll get you on the next one. I'll get you on the next one. We're going to see. And, 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 for the, and Chef Kenny, you actually have been perfect for this league because you joined this league in particular. What is this year, two or three? Uh, this is year three. Year three. Year that I, yeah, year three. The first year I joined, um, it, it wasn't a COVID year. And right. The following year, we went through the COVID yep. year, and, and that was kind of interesting. So starting out this year, it's fun because 
Um, just like with the vaccinations and, and people starting to kind of gauge community involvement again, it's great just to be in the presence of the good camaraderie and competition. And, and I just thank you for bringing me into this league because I don't plan on leaving it. It's yeah. a glorious spot. Yeah, it's a lit league. We like we're really, really active in our Facebook group chat. You know what I mean? And, and and like you said, guys are really savvy and this league is really taken seriously. And we actually used to be a bar league. So um, Tony, who's a part of this league, was the owner of a bar. Tony and Tanya owned a bar. And I used to DJ at their bar and I started doing fantasy football with them because every Sunday at the bar, you know, fantasy football would be lit. And now... You know, Tony has the man cave, so you get to do the draft in Tony's man cave. He's got TVs all around the garage, Philadelphia Eagle gear hanging from the ceiling in the roof. He's got a keg. He's got a bar because he owned a bar before. So why wouldn't he have a bar in his man cave? And you get to really go over there and kick it in the draft. And then every Sunday he opens his garage up to us to be able to come and watch football all day. He's got games on every different TV. It, it is really a lit league, and everybody's super invested. And, and you know, I'm glad that you're in the league now as well, Kenny, because uh, I didn't know you, were, you I didn't know you took fantasy football this serious until you came through a few years ago. Like, you were reaching out about joining a league, and I'm like, yo, I'm in a pretty tough one. And you've come in and held your own. I'll give it to you. Still mad about the W this week, but you've come in and held your own. Hey, hey, I appreciate it, man, because you really are the one that put me up to the test. You were really trying to give me a lot of warnings early on and saying, hey, they're competitive. They know what they're doing. So this isn't one of those leagues you're going to sit back on. Um, but in between our Facebook group chat, uh, sending little uh, trade things through the app yep. itself. Yep. There's so many different savvy things that people, uh, waiver wire pickups early in the morning. Yeah. Knowing to set your waiver <laughs> wire on Tuesday because yeah. waiver wire Wednesday is not sweet in this league. It ain't sweet so, at all. It ain't sweet at all. Oh, dog. Man, I'm dealing man, with it now because no, Raheem no. Mostert got hurt again. You know, first off, I'll say prayers up to him because I see people on the Internet talking all kinds of crazy about the brother. I mean, I know a lot of it is for fantasy purposes. And I know I took a gamble on him for fantasy purposes. But damn, the dude is still a real human. And so I try not to shit on guys when they get injured. But it, it certainly didn't do me no good this week and not for the rest of the year because he's out for the remainder of the year. Right. See, and if it's somebody that's waiver wire savvy that are looking for their backups, that are looking deep into the rosters that have been in sometimes a 14 team league where their uh, backup player essentially becomes the starter and then they can win in a league like that. It's playing with people that have played in 12 and 14 team leagues that let you know, okay, I just can't pick up Raheem Mostert without picking up my handcuff, without picking up a handcuff for another potential player. Um, Learn how to use that. It's trade bait. It's so many different things. (laughs) It's serious. It's serious. But, But speaking of, you know, these players and these athletes, obviously, you know, again, wishing Raheem Mostert well. Man, you are you are the biggest chef here in the city of Portland, and we must always acknowledge that when you come here onto this podcast. You're Damian Lillard's personal chef. Who else you cooking for this year? Because I know as the ebbs and flows of players coming in and out just simply due to the business being the business, you kind of always got a new roster each season of Blazer players that you're cooking for. Who are you cooking for right now, man? Uh, well, like you said, like you said, um, first off, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. I don't want to downplay the fact that um, that you would consider me the best chef. Uh, I try and stay competitive, so I'll take that crown. And I'll there you go. It. 
We'll you know, we'll put so, together a cook off to somebody to try to take the crown from you. How about that? Yeah, and I have zero problems with yeah. that. Yeah. Or anytime <laughs> I'm on the show, um, I'm always happy to prove my worth and always happy to show the reason why I have my position. But the position I'm in right now is always Dame time. So Hello. I got Dame on the roster. We're just trying to keep him ready for what we consider to be an MVP in a championship season. There and we I'm go. also cooking for Anthony Simons and his family, uh, which is uh, someone that I've already cooked for. So we have a great rapport. This year, I just tried to stick with people where we know each other well. So the timing and the chemistry and everything that we have going will make for a great season. So it's just two players, but I consult on a lot of other the players um their placements for chefs if they need meal prep if they need private chef services most times i'm consulted or i'll be involved in the hiring process absolutely and you mentioned dame time already earlier and to me there's two events that took place this year that's in competition for event of the year the first event would be the locks versus dipset versus that was classic Obviously, classic. that was classic, obviously. Classic. But but the second event, I think, has to be the hashtag. It's about damn time wedding that took place that you were <laughs> a part of the wedding party of, my friend. We seen everything. We seen Blast. We seen Snoop Dogg. We seen Common. Who else did we see? Because everybody was there, damn it. Okay, well, um, there's a funny story about who else was there. Uh, Talk to us. Talk to us. We need the, We and, need it. Um, John- Johnny Gill, me and Johnny Gill, uh, okay. to do addition, he was wearing the same hat that I was wearing. So we all thought that it was a track that we were coming into because you know how most people have a song playing and they're just playing the song in a loop from the DJ. Right. This was actually Johnny Gill. Wow. Us all the way in. So as I look over to the right, I notice he has the same hat as me and we laugh and joke about it at the end of it uh, at the party. Uh, Tevin Campbell was also there, Ooh. so it was a lot of nostalgia in the room. Star-studded, man. Star-studded. Yeah. And, and they made sure that all uh, age ranges and groups were represented when it came to the entertainment. So like you right. said, it was, Blast was there, and we had a good time. Common was there. Snoop was there. It was so many. Oh, man, uh, RL was there. Really? Yeah, so so yeah, man. I, I got some things in my phone that are that are pretty crazy, man. I can't even hold you. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, who you got coming up this week, man, on the fantasy football front? And again, congratulations to Dame, you know, and his wife. Congratulations to you all's family. For, for those that don't know, Dame and Kenny are actually related. They're cousins. So, you know, Dame, you know, putting his family on, Kenny's his personal chef, it's good business. It's good business. But, yeah, congratulations, man, to y'all family, you know, on being able to have such a dope, huge moment, you know, within the bloodline. Yeah, and and it's beautiful. Like, like it was something that uh, a lot of our family, like you say, in our bloodline and in the community in general, you don't always get to have such a grand wedding. Most right. times you're having it at your local church. Some people we've known in our family have had weddings in backyards. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. to go to something that was like something we would see on MTV. Right. Or something that was supposed to make the news, which it did. It did. 
Yeah. You know, it, it was really interesting to be a part of something that like that. And I think that it sparked a new inspiration for love and connectivity within our family and hopefully people across the world that want to do something right and want to do it big, you know, to, to show your family and to show everyone that you really love and care about somebody. So it was just dope to be a part of and to watch all of the intricate details. Uh, shout out to Mindy, the wedding planner. She did a great job. Um, shout out to his good clothing. They did great on the suits, making sure Dane was lit. Shout out to Alba. Alba had us looking right like everybody. It was, Ooh, it was a great uh, Y'all was fly. Everyone. Y'all, y'all was looking like some East Oakland rock stars out there, man. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. We had a real real casino out there. Yes, know, sir. It was, it was really up there, so I loved it. I loved it. All right, so who's your opponent this upcoming week? I, I know we got into a few different other things in the fantasy segment, but damn it, we do what we want around here. But who's your yeah. upcoming opponent this week, and what's some shit that you got to tell them? based on what you think the results are going to be. You whooping ass this week. You a little nervous. How you feeling coming into okay. this week? So so my upcoming week right now, I got the Hillsborough Schmelz, and that's the boss, El Jefe Julio. And I think that um, right now my projection is 134, and his is 141 in our standard scoring league. It's a 12-team, so... It's kind of interesting. I'm down projected seven points, but I think I can bring it out. Uh, I got a couple sleepers on my team that I think are going to do really well. I'm just hoping that um, Chief, that Debo doesn't go off. He has Debo Samuel in his flex spot, and that's really where I kind of need him to calm down. So I, I think I'm confident. I feel like I can take it. I don't have any issues, you know, when it comes to me. I got my, my one-two punch with with Patty Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm not really worried, man. I got T. Lockett. So as far as I'm concerned, we're we going to have a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And I got Doug this upcoming week. His team name is called the Duggernaut. Doug is a shit talker, too. And Doug is going to be on this podcast next week doing the Fantasy Rewind segment. Um, we're actually, he's up, he's up 10 on me in the projected score, but I don't think he'll get the job done. The only problem I do have is Raheem Mostert being my second running back and not being available. Yeah, kind of got me in the hole. So yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and no waiver wire, so you're going to have to pick up some real trade situations. Yeah, man. Yeah. Guys are already trying to throw trades at me, but they're trying to take my head off. I feel like because they obviously are trying to package me a decent running back and a, re- and a decent receiver for like Travis Kelsey and some crazy. I'm not giving up my big dogs, man. Anybody I think could be a keeper, you probably won't get a trade out of me. Just straight up. Anybody that I feel like could be a because we have keepers in this league going into the following season. So anybody who I feel like can be a keeper, you probably won't get them off of my hands. So um, whoever's listening and, you know, I think it was Zach actually who tried to you know, put a trade out there for me. I ain't taking it. Anywho, uh, Chef Kenny, appreciate you, man, for joining me here on the first Fantasy Rewind segment. I'll see you back again at some point this season, my brother. And you got to come in studio, man, and come rock one of these episodes with me soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I appreciate you having me on. And I would have been in the studio tonight, but I got to get these dinners rolling so that they stay in training camp form. Yes, sir. Season about a month good. away. Season's good. a month away. 
Exactly, exactly. No time to waste. So we are legit just once we start getting in season mode, that's the only thing we're thinking about. But once they go on in the way stretch or something like that, I'm going to stop in on you, man. And, and hopefully it'll be around the next time that we got a, a, a little matchup going. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, appreciate you for joining, and we'll highlight you on the next one. Straight like that, man. Good to talk to you.